so what happened during that week uh, concerning soccer last week, as we talked about in, in this show, uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid faced each other on the second leg of the Spanish Super Cup, in which Madrid was actually able to beat Barcelona 2-1 in Santiago Bernabeu in Madrid and took the Spanish Super Cup <coughs> last week. Um, the week before, Barcelona uh, beat Real Madrid in the first leg 3-2, but uh, because of the away goals, the two away goals that Madrid was able to score with the 2-1 victory in Madrid, they were able to secure the Spanish Super Cup. The first half, especially the first 30 minutes of the of the game last week in Madrid, where all all about Real Madrid, Mourinho um, and his boys did a great first 30 minutes. Uh, they were up to do nothing on the first 30 minutes, and it seemed like Real Madrid was going to be able to score more goals and easily win this cup, especially after Adriano, uh, defender from Barcelona, was sent off with a red card also in the first half. So Barcelona down two to nothing with 10 men. It seemed like impossible for Barcelona to to come back. The second goal of Real Madrid was uh, an exquisite goal by Cristiano Ronaldo, who with a he kicked with his heel over the the Barcelona defender, Piquet, and then he was able to be one-on-one -on -one with the Barcelona keeper, Valdez, and he beat them for the second goal. Higuain was, um, was the one that scored the first goal. The Argentinian, who scores a lot of goals, usually with Real Madrid, also with Argentina, but he rarely scores goals that actually matter. I mean, he scores when the when the when the scoreboard is already three to nothing or four to nothing or whatever. When it doesn't matter, this is one of the first goals that Iwain actually scores in a game that actually matters and in a time in the game when when it mattered. After two nothing, as I said, it seemed like Madrid was gonna be able to uh, to destroy Barcelona, but that didn't happen. Before the the first half was even over, Lionel Messi scores from a free kick, absolutely amazing free kick, uh, that gave life to to Barcelona and the hope that they can actually come back even with 10 men, even though they were also playing in Madrid. And in the second half, we saw the Barcelona that we usually see, the one that has possession during the whole game. Madrid wasn't able to take the ball away from them. And in the end, uh, Madrid won 2-1 the game, which uh, was enough to take the Spanish Super Cup. But yeah, it left that bittersweet um, taste that Real Madrid could have done way better, especially when you're pl when they were playing with one one more guy on the pitch. Uh, as we remember, a couple of years ago, Barcelona beat Real Madrid five to nothing. Uh, I mean, fans remember this, and they probably wanted to take revenge, especially the Madrid fans. They wanted to take revenge of what happened two years ago. They weren't able to do so, and uh, some of the Barcelona fans even go ahead and say, like, okay, we lost, but we only lost on away, away goals, and they were not able to even dominate us when they had uh, one more man than us for about 60 minutes during, during the game. Um, so Madrid wins the Spanish Super Cup. What happens during the weekend? Uh, they both obviously go back to play in the, in the Spanish League. Barcelona wins again, uh, wins in, uh, in a really hard game in Osasuna, they were actually down one to nothing. But in the final minute, uh, Lionel Messi, a player who has won the best player in the world for the last three years, 2009, 10, and 11, scores a couple of goals and it's a victory to 
to Barcelona and Real Madrid um, makes uh, or wins its first game during the Spanish Spanish League. Three to nothing. Cristiano Ronaldo scores twice, and he didn't celebrate any of his two goals. And after that, that's when the controversy came. Um, the game was over. He went to the locker rooms, and when he was asked by the media about why why he didn't uh, celebrate, he usually celebrates all of his goals. He says that he was sad and that the club, uh, the club meaning Real Madrid, knew why he was sad. So there was a lot of controversy about this, uh, this comment. I mean, in my opinion, he's a millionaire. He's, he, paid, he gets paid millions per year just to play soccer, a game that, um, or a sport that's also a job that many people would like to have. He gets paid millions. His girlfriend is a supermodel who, if you haven't seen her, um, she's pretty cute pretty beautiful girl, um, and he's followed by millions of fans all over the world. So, I mean, how can you be sad? It's ridiculous that a guy that has all these can say he's, he's sad, so all this controversy came about Cristiano Ronaldo. I think he needs to be the center of attention all the time, and after he won the Spanish Super Cup on Thursday, we had the Champions League draw where uh, Iniesta, Messi, and Cristiano Ronaldo were the three selected guys to win the last uh, UEFA Champions League Best Player of the Year. And, and Iniesta was the one that actually won. So many people speculate that he was saying he was sad, but whatever. He just wanted some attention because he lost the UEFA Best Player of the Year to Andres Iniesta, the Barcelona guy who, as I said last week, I think he, he is the best player right now. He, in December, he uh, FIFA should give him Ballon d'Or, the Oro, and uh, the Golden Ball, meaning he's the best player in the in the world. So that's what happened with Cristiano Ronaldo, Madrid, Barcelona. Look, it's going to talk a little bit in Spanish for our Spanish fans or Spanish people who follow Capos players. Remember, Capos players bilingual sports show. Uh, rapidamente, el Madrid. Eh, conquista la, la Supercopa Española al vencer al Barcelona con gracias a los goles de visitante que consiguieron en su primer encuentro en el cual ganaron, eh, pierden 3 a 2 pero en Madrid ganan 2 a 1 y eh, al haber anotado dos goles de visita eso les da el título aunque parecía que en los primeros 30 minutos el Madrid pudo arrasar al Barcelona tomar venganza ese 5 a 0 de esa manita de hace dos años pero no lo lograron y de hecho por ahí se van pues con un sabor agridulce porque con 10 hombres yendo arriba 2 a 0 de hecho el partido se les complica con un golazo de Messi de tiro libre y luego en el segundo tiempo el Barcelona jugó a lo que nos tiene acostumbrados en estos últimos años a tener posesión del balón y dominar el juego pero lo estaba haciendo entre un Madrid que tenía 11 jugadores en la cancha lo cual lo hace, lo hace todavía un poco pues obviamente más difícil y pues ahí, aunque fue una derrota para el Barcelona, pues se van diciendo que los aficionados obviamente se van con ese, uh, digamos, consuelo de que no les pudieron ganar en el global y aparte de que con 10 hombres el Madrid no fue capaz de, de liquidar, de matar, de humillar a su rival, así como lo, lo hizo el Barcelona hace un par de temporadas cuando le metieron la manita ahí a, a Mourinho con el, el 5-0 de aquella de aquella ocasión. Um, so, uh, discussing about what happened with Cristiano Ronaldo, we talked about how Iniesta won the UEFA Player of the Year uh, before they had the draw for the Champions League coming up this September, the 2012-2013 Champions League, which 
uh, finally we'll be playing in Wembley again. It was played in Wembley a couple of years ago when uh, Barcelona beat three to one. Uh, was able to beat three to one uh, the Red Devils, Manchester United. Uh, so what happened during the draw? When we had a group that's one of the toughest groups. It's actually Group D. Uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. But first of all, let me give you all the, all the groups. In Group A, we have uh, Dinago, Dinamo Zagreb, Dinamo de Kiev, uh, Porto from Portugal, and um, the really renovated Paris Saint-Germain, PSG. I think on this group, PSG has the has the a really great opportunity to advance and start uh, shining in the international scene. Uh, Porto seems like another uh, powerful team. The, the Portugal is probably the most powerful Portuguese team, uh, not from right now, but it's been for for at least like the last 15 years. Sometimes Benfica kind of uh, tries to be the, the powerhouse in Portugal, but usually Porto has some good. Uh, uh, good seasons, or yeah, good seasons in the in the Champions League. Uh, we remember they actually won the Champions League in 2004, and since 1993, when the Champions League is played like in in this format, Porto is the only Portuguese Portuguese team that has been able to win the Champions League. It was under actually under Jose Mourinho back in the 0304 season when they were able to beat French team Monaco. Three to nothing. So I think PSG and Porto will advance in this group. Uh, but it's always interesting to see what, uh, especially Dynamo Kiev, Dynamo Kiev, the uh, team from Ukraine, they sometimes have interesting players in there. Uh, as we all know, uh, one of one of the greatest football legends in the last years, Andrei Shevchenko, actually came out from the youth teams from Dynamo Kiev. And when he was there, actually Dynamo Kiev made it all the way to the semifinals in 1999, and they only lost to um, the really powerful team of Bayern Munich that one year, 99. So it's interesting to see the youth level of Dinamo de Kiev. Uh, going to Group B, we have Arsenal from England, Montpellier, Olympiacos, and Chalke. Chalke, who's back on the Champions League, remembering remember a couple of years ago they actually eliminated at the time, which the team who was at the time the champions, Inter Milan, uh, with Raul, and they made it all the way to the to the semifinals, uh, <coughs> Olympiacos, they hadn't, I mean, they're a powerhouse in, in Greece, but they haven't done anything really in the last years. Uh, Montpellier, um, they haven't shined at all in the international level, so I think the Arsenal has an easy group here, uh, accessible group to make it to, to, the, uh, to the second round. They have a couple of strikers that have been doing really well with uh, Santi Capsola and uh, the German guy. Um, Lukas Porolski, which uh, actually had a really good game this last weekend against Liverpool, where they were able to beat Liverpool in Anfield two to nothing, and both like uh, one of the goals was scored by Santi Cazorla and the other one by by the German guy Lukas Porolski. On Group C, we have AC Milan, Anderlecht, Malaga, and Zenit uh, from Saint Petersburg in in Russia. Uh, there's only two teams. From Italy that actually made it to this Champions League, I think AC Milan has a seems like an easy group. Even though AC Milan uh, seems like it's a team that actually lost a lot of its uh, uh, most interesting players or probably their best players for a long time, so it's it's kind of 
mm, it's kind of weird to see this Milan with all those stars that we uh, that were in the team for a really long time. But I mean, this last weekend in the Italian Serie A, I mean they had a good game and they actually won three to one, three goals by Gianpaolo Pazzini, one of the guys they just signed, along with uh, another striker who you know you probably all remember coming out from Barcelona and then played uh, in Roma. Bojan Kirikic, who's also now in AC Milan, we'll see if they're able, along with others like Montolivo, to uh, give Milan the position it deserves on, on such a such an important tournament like the Champions League, a tournament that AC Milan has won seven times. Um, group D, this is a group I was talking about, this is a group of death with Real Madrid, the champion of Spain, Ajax Amsterdam, which is the champion of uh, Holland, Borussia Dortmund, which is, which is the champion of Germany, and Manchester City, which is the English Premier League champion. So pretty much you have here three of uh, of the three champions of the most important leagues in Europe, which are the German, the Spanish, and the English Premier League. And we have a second tier league, which is also really important, like the Holland League. Uh, we have the Holland champion here as well, Ajax. Uh, it's hard to tell who will who will advance in this one. Um, I want to see Real Madrid is going to make it, and the second place, or the other spot, I don't know if Real Madrid will make it in first, maybe they'll make it in second. Uh, the other spot will be between Borussia Dortmund and Manchester City. Dortmund and City didn't have great Champions Leagues last year. Due in a lot of ways, according to me, because they hadn't participated like in Champions League at uh, Dortmund in a long time, and City, uh, I think, had never, at least since '93, since this format of uh, Champions League was established, they have never participated in Champions League. So I think the inexperience of those two teams made them had a bad Champions League last year, but I think this year it's going to be different for both of them, and whoever can make it out of, those, of that group, I think will make it really far uh, in this upcoming season in the Champions League. On Group E, we have Chelsea, uh, we have a Norwegian team, team from Norway, Norgeland, we have the other Italian team, the only other Italian team in the in the Champions League, along with AC Milan, Juventus, and we ha also have the Ukrainian team of Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, Shakhtar, we remember uh, about three years ago, they actually won the uh, the UEFA Cup, the last UEFA Cup actually, when it was called UEFA Cup, and it's now called, as you all know, the Europa League. Uh, on Group F, we have uh, Bate, we have Bayern Munich, we have Lille, Lille from France, and Valencia. I think Bayern Munich and Valencia have it pretty easy on this uh, had it pretty easy on this draw. And on Group G, we have Barcelona, Benfica, Celtic, Spartak, Moscow. I want to say Barcelona and Benfica will advance uh, pretty easily as well. And on Group H, we have Braga, we have Klosh, we have Galatasaray, and from Turkey, Galatasaray, a powerhouse from Turkey. And we have Manchester United. I think in this group, uh, United and Galatasaray should advance, but you never know. Braga is a, an important team. Uh, it's becoming an important team in Portugal. And uh, Galatasaray has always have interesting teams, and we let's remember that last year Manchester United seemed to have like an easy, an easy group stage, and they actually didn't even advance the group stage. So let's see how that goes for for United this year. Uh, and then for Spanish uh, followers, 
eh, se sortearon los grupos de la Liga de Campeones de Europa, en la cual hay un grupo que por ahí es el más interesante, el grupo D, el grupo, el grupo de la muerte, donde se encuentra el campeón de España, el campeón de Alemania, el campeón de Inglaterra y el campeón de Holanda. Está el Real Madrid, el Ajax, el Borussia Dortmund y el Manchester City. Me parece que un grupo dificilísimo en el que, desde mi punto de vista, un, el Ajax quedaría fuera y los otros dos puestos se los perderían el Madrid, el Borussia Dortmund y el Manchester City. Por ahí algunos opinan que el City y el Dortmund tuvieron pésimas temporadas en la Champions League el año pasado, pero para mí fue en gran parte la experiencia que tenían en estos, en estos torneos, pero ya una vez calados y viendo cómo está el el ambiente europeo, me parece que estos dos, eh, si logran avanzar de, de este grupo, van a llegar lejos en la Champions League. Eh, solo hay dos italianos en esta Champions, por ahí la Juventus tiene un grupo bastante accesible, en el que está el Chelsea, pero los otros dos equipos, un equipo de Noruega y el otro, el Shakhtar Donetsk, que desde que ganó la Europa League, o en ese tiempo todavía la, la UEFA Cup en el 2009, no ha hecho realmente nada interesante a nivel internacional. Eh, el Barcelona en un grupo también muy accesible con el Benfica, el Celtic y el Spartak de Moscú. Celtic tiene mucho nombre y por la historia que tiene, pero en realidad no es un equipo fuerte ni el Spartak de Moscú. Me parece que ahí el Barcelona y el Benfica deben mandar fácilmente. Parece que el United, el Manchester United también tiene un grupo accesible, pero recordemos que la temporada pasada también tenían un grupo accesible y nadie creía que podían quedar fuera en primera ronda y de hecho se fueron en primera ronda. En esta ocasión se encuentran con Braga, un equipo que ha empezado a brillar con luz propia en, en, en Europa. Está el Cluj, que no tuvo una mala temporada, o sea, para ser el Cluj no tuvo una mala temporada eh, la Champions pasada. Y el Galatasaray, que siempre ha sido peligroso, un equipo turco de, de, mucho, de muchísimo respeto. El Milán en un grupo también, el otro equipo italiano que es el Milán, en un grupo que se ve accesible con el Anderlecht, el Málaga y el Zenit que recordamos ganó la UEFA Copa en 2008, el Málaga que ahora con los petrodólares, los famosos petrodólares, es un equipo que tiene con qué defenderse, pero me parece que el Milan ahí se lo lleva, el Arsenal también con un grupo bastante accesible, y el Super PSG, el Paris Saint Germain, que empezó flojo la liga española, la liga francesa, perdón, con dos empates, por fin logró ganar con goles de Zlatan, me parece que en su grupo, en, en el grupo A de la Champions League, no debe tener problemas, por ahí, bueno, el Porto le puede dar pelea por el primer puesto del grupo, pero me parece que el, ni el Dinamo de Kiev ni el Dinamo de tienen con qué pelearle, a menos de que el Kiev eh, saque algo de lo que tenía en, en los finales de los noventas con grande generación de ucranianos como, como el legendario Andrei Chepchenko. So that's what we have from the Champions League draw. Going back to what we talk about on, or what we like to talk about on campus players which is soccer sports, but mainly soccer. Uh, let's talk about a little bit now about the draw from the Europa League. But before that, before the Europa League draw was was done on this last Friday in Europe, we had the uh, the final of the Europa Super Cup, the Europe Super Cup, between the champion of the Champions League and the champion of the Europa, Europa League of, of the 2011-2012 season which faced um, Atletico de Madrid um, against Chelsea, the Spanish team against the English team, and basically there was only one team on the pitch, and that was Atletico de Madrid, El Atleti, that was able to defeat Chelsea four goals to one, but everything was pretty much decided on the first half, where the Colombian striker who had a brilliant game scored a hat-trick 
yeah, a hat trick on the first 45 minutes that pretty much killed the game. Uh, they were up. Uh, Atletico Madrid was up three to nothing, and then on the second half, uh, Atletico was able to score a fourth one, and um, with the score of four to nothing, Chelsea was able to score one goal. Just I guess just to say that they actually did something during the game because it seemed like Chelsea was not in the game at at all. So great week for uh, Madrid fans, either for Real or for Atletico. Real won the Spanish Super Cup and Atletico won the, Euro, uh, the European Super Cup. Radamel Falcao, as I've been saying in, in other shows, in this in Capos players, he's a great striker. I think if it wasn't for the fact that uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi exist, I think Radamel Falcao will be the best striker in the world right now. The important thing about him is he always uh, uh, Appears he's always present on the most important moments of of uh, important games of games that matter. Exactly the opposite thing of what I was just talking about. Uh, Iwain Gonzalo Iwain, the player, the Argentinian player striker from Real Madrid. Uh, the difference between them is Falcao is always there in the important moment. As we remember the the final of the Europa League this uh, 2012, where uh, Atlético was able to beat. Uh, Bilbao three nothing, but like the game was pretty much over when Radamel Falcao scored the first two goals in the first half, two amazing goals in that one game. It's not only that he scores goals, he scores really amazing goals, and he did the same thing against Chelsea. The first two goals of the hat trick he he scored during the first half, the first two goals just were uh, unbelievable. Falcao is like one of like the pro one of the greatest players in the world right now, I have no doubt. He's just underrated. I'm pretty sure he's way underrated. In Porto, he did the same thing, always scoring in important games. Uh, he was a really important player in Porto in order for Porto to win the Portuguese, um, the Portuguese League and also to win uh, the Europa League. I mean, Ramel Falcao is just extraordinary. Uh, people from Colombia say that he should play or be the same when he plays for the Colombian national team. But it's always the same problem we have with other players such as Messi. I mean, you cannot play the same as you play on your on your club. You cannot be the same one on your national team. You're not playing with the same guys. You don't practice with them all the time. So you don't know exactly how it is. But Falcao being who he is, I'm pretty sure he will make some important goals or uh, important games for the Colombian national team in the World Cup qualifiers. I think Colombia has a really good chance to qualify to the World Cup with such a player like like Radamel Falcao. Lo que comentamos de la final de la Supercopa Europea en la que enfrentaba al campeón de la Europa League y al campeón de la Champions League, el español Atlético Madrid ante el Chelsea inglés y el Atlético de Madrid se lleva una contundente victoria de 4 a 1 con un Radamel Falcao impresionante. No lo para nadie a este hombre en las finales. Es, es un tipo que siempre aparece en los momentos en los momentos importantes. Lo hizo en, en la final de la Europa League. Cuando le ganan 3-0 al Bilbao, él hace los primeros dos goles, dos verdaderos golazos. Prácticamente con eso mató el juego. Y en esta ocasión ante el Chelsea en la, en la Supercopa Europea, él mató el juego con sus tres goles en el primer tiempo, el hat-trick, el famoso hat-trick que él hace en el primer tiempo impresionante también, en, en especial los primeros dos goles me parecen de fantasía, de esos que como por ahí dicen, solo se hacen en el FIFA, pues Radamel Falcao los hace en la vida real, señores y señores, 
me parece que Falcao es, es un fuera de serie, por ahí los aficionados colombianos dicen que no es el mismo cuando, cuando va a la, a la selección cafetera, pero hay que recordar que a muchos jugadores les pasa esto, y no 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 es porque el jugador no tenga calidad o porque no, no quiera destacar en su selección, pero para empezar los sudamericanos que juegan en Europa, los viajes son larguísimos, tienen que y como tiene doble juego en Europa generalmente en la semana, pues es ir y venir prácticamente en un día o sea, sin dormir, o sea, obviamente puedes dormir en el avión, pero no es lo mismo, el descanso no es el mismo, los jugadores con los que juegas en la selección no son los mismos con los que entrenas en tu club y con los que entrenas en tu club aparte pues obviamente los conoces porque tienes un trato diario con ellos en y en la selección pues es diferente parecido al caso de, de lo que sucede con Lionel Messi, pero me parece que Falcao le dará cosas importantes a Colombia y con un jugador como Ramón Falcao, sin duda las aspiraciones de Colombia para calificarse al próximo mundial del 2014 son definitivamente son son mucho más amplias de lo que eran antes eh, recordemos que Colombia no hubo un mundial desde el 98 con aquella gran generación que la generación de los 90 que fue a tres mundiales seguidos eh, en los que Colombia logró ir a tres mundiales seguidos y luego no lo ha logrado en este nuevo siglo ni en 2002 ni en 2006 ni en 2010 parece que ahora tiene una gran oportunidad con un jugador como un, con un jugador como Falcao para calificarse a la Copa del Mundo. Volviendo a la, la Supercopa, me parece que el Chelsea pues, tiene que trabajar mucho porque no, no puede ser que un equipo te golee de esa manera. Se supone que el equipo que gana la Champions League es más fuerte que el equipo de una Europa League, pero pues vimos que fue bastante bastante diferente en esta ocasión. Uh, going back to The, uh, the draw for the Europa League for this season, remembering that we have a lot more teams playing in Europa League than, than the ones we have in Champions League Group A. Uh, actually, but there's some teams that are really interesting in uh, in the Europa League draw. We have Liverpool from uh, England, obviously, uh, in a tough group with Udinese from Italy, and I mean tough with Udinese, but then we have young boys from Switzerland and a Russian team, Anti, and then on Group B we have Atletico de Madrid, great performers who have won actually the Europa League two out of the last three years. They won it in 2010 and they won it again in 2012. Both times when they won the Europa League, they were able to actually beat the Champions League champion in the Super Cup, the Europe Super Cup. They beat Inter Milan 2 to nothing in 2010 with goals by Sergio Cunagüero striker who's now in Manchester City and as we just talked they just beat Chelsea 4-1 with uh, great performance by Colombian Radamel Falcao um, they're with, uh, in a group where the other team that uh, has a possibility to advance is Tel Aviv from Israel who has played actually has played in Champions League Group C Olympique Marseille Fenerbahce from Turkey and Borussia Mönchengladbach back from Germany. Three important teams in, the, in this group. Seems like it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough group for two spots. And then on Group D, we have Newcastle. Group E has Stuttgart from Germany. Uh, group D has PSV. It has Naples from Italy. As you can see, Italian teams are uh, most of them are here in Europa League because they didn't qualify for Champions League, where we only have Juventus and Milan for a bunch of Italian, important Italian teams like Naples, like Udinese, like Inter Milan are playing on, like Lazio as well, are playing on this tournament. 
So it's going to be, I think the Italians can dominate this Europa League. We'll see. Napoli is in, in the group with PSV. And on Group G, we have uh, Cenk from Belgium, who has played Champions League as well. Sporting Lisboa, an important Portuguese team. Group H has Inter Milan, as we said, like they didn't qualify for Champions League, but they will play here in the Europa League. Rubin Kazan, an important Russian team who has qualified for Champions League in recent times. Um, group I, we have Olympique de Lyon, who usually plays in Champions League. Um, it's playing now in Europa League. Uh, they also have, uh, they're playing in, in the group with Bilbao and with Praga. It's a tough group, Group I in, in Europa League. Group J, we have Tottenham, we have Panathinaikos from Greece, an important powerhouse from that uh, Mediterranean country, and Lazio. Lazio from Rome, the Italian team. Another tough group, I mean, they only have two spots, so we'll see if the three of them can qualify. I mean, only two can qualify, so we'll see which of the three will, will be out. In Group K, we have Bayer Leverkusen from Germany. Rosenborg from Norway can be another important team. And Group L has uh, Levante from Spain, who did a really good job in the Spanish League last season and was even able to qualify to this tournament. We have Hannover from Germany and Twente from Holland. We'll see how that goes for the Europa League, which some people like underrate this tournament because the Champions League is obviously the mainstream tournament, but this is a really tough, really tough tournament. Sometimes it has even better games than, uh, than Champions League. And as I said, I mean, there's not mm -hmm. really a big difference between the teams that win the Champions League and the Europa League. Atletico Madrid being the proof that, I mean, they can actually be able to beat the, the champions of the Champions League. Así que lo que acabo de comentar es sobre los grupos de la fase de grupos de la Europa League en la que hay equipos importantísimos como el Liverpool inglés o varios equipos italianos como el Udinese, el Lazio, el Inter Milán, el Nápoles, equipos que pesan en Italia, estarán jugando en este torneo. Parece que los italianos tienen la oportunidad de dominar esta, esta edición de la, de la Europa League. Vamos a ver si se les da. Recordemos en finales de los 90 o durante los 90 equipos italianos dominaron este torneo, el Inter Milan de hecho lo ganó en tres ocasiones, en una de ellas de hecho se lo gana a un equipo a otro equipo italiano como lo fue la Lazio, era, era cuando el, el original Ronaldo, el Ronaldo brasileño andaba en gran momento en aquella ocasión, me parece que antes también le ganaron un equipo italiano la Sampdoria, no lo recuerdo en su primer, primer campeonato de, de Copa UEFA en los 90 el Parma, si no me equivoco también conquistó por ahí la Copa UEFA en aquel equipo del Parma jugaba Hernán Crespo, el delantero argentino, seleccionado nacional de su país por mucho tiempo también. So that's what we have for Europa League. And we're now going to go and ahead and talk about the NFL, which will kick off tomorrow, Wednesday, with a game between the Super Bowl champs from the 2011 season, the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. The game will take place in the MetLife Stadium, which is not in New York, but sounds actually in New Jersey. And that's where the Giants play. So the Dallas and the New York Giants will be facing each other tomorrow. Um, a couple of years ago, when the, when the Dallas Cowboys um, uh, had its first regular season game in the new Cowboys Stadium, the New York Giants went over there and actually beat the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so we'll see if the Dallas Cowboys can kind of take revenge of that and uh, beat uh, 
the Super Bowl champs and New York Giants on their first game after the 2011 season. Uh, in my opinion, I actually think the Dallas Cowboys are going to be able to um, give the surprise to everyone and win this game against the Giants, but we'll see what the Giants have to say. I mean, the Giants had a great, uh, excellent playoffs, uh, ridiculously good playoffs. They destroyed the uh, Atlanta Falcons. I mean, really, really good uh, uh, playoffs by the Giants. But I think, I mean, I don't think, I, I'm sure, like, their season wasn't that great. Uh, I don't think they're, uh, even their fans knew they didn't have like, a great season. They only had like a 9-7 season, barely above uh, 500. So, I don't know. I, I don't think the Giants are that great of a team. I, I admit they had a real, really great, excellent playoffs, but during the season they were just another team. I mean, they could easily have been kicked out of the playoffs. It's just like their division uh, wasn't, I guess, good enough. The dream team of Philadelphia wasn't the, it wasn't really the dream team. Dallas choked again, and the Redskins are a team that are like reconstructing itself again. And I mean, they barely qualified with 9-7. And then uh, for Sunday, we have a bunch of games, a lot of games. We have, so thank God, NFL is back, right? have a lot of games Sunday. We have Indi Indianapolis, the new Indianapolis, with the start of Andrew Luck's era against Chicago. Uh, this game will be in, actually in Solder Field in Chicago. We have the Philadelphia Eagles, which I think if Michael Vick is able to keep himself healthy, the Eagles are going to go far. I think they're going to win the division, and they're going to be above the Giants, above Dallas, above the Redskins, and they can uh, make a good run in the playoffs as long as Michael Vick can keep himself healthy. They will place in the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the Patriots will start uh, their season against uh, the Titans, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Atlanta will face Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Minnesota will be receiving Jacksonville. Uh, the, Red, uh, the Washington Redskins will be facing New Orleans. Buffalo will be facing the Jets. We'll see if the Jets are actually able to score a touchdown now. Since they had a horrible preseason where like they couldn't even score uh, a touchdown, both Mark Sanchez and Tim Tebow had a horrible preseason as well. So we'll see how the Jets do against state uh, another state team like the Buffalo Bills. St. Louis will be facing Detroit, Miami, Houston, San Francisco against the Green Bay Packers. I think this will be a really interesting game. Uh, Seattle against Arizona, uh, Carolina against Tampa Bay, and then on, on Sunday Night Football we have a really great game. Uh, they actually faced each other on the playoffs last year. The Pittsburgh, Ste Pittsburgh Steelers will be playing in Mount High Stadium against the, the Denver Broncos with Mr. Peyton Manning. And on Monday night we actually have a doubleheader on Monday night. We have uh, the Cincinnati Bengals against the Baltimore Ravens, and then later on we'll have West Coast Classic between the San Diego Chargers, who will be visiting Oakland, the Oakland Raiders, which, I mean, we'll see if they can have finally a good season, but a lot of it depends on if um, McFadden can also keep himself healthy. So that's what's coming on. La NFL ya se viene esta semana, señores y señores. Mañana arranca con el Dallas ante los gigantes de Nueva York, los campeones gigantes. Parece que Dallas puede dar la sorpresa, aunque en esa división mis favoritos son las Águilas de Filadelfia, en la que creo que sí, Michael Vick se puede mantener saludable. 
eh, y sano. Filadelfia me parece ganará esa división y irá lejos en los playoffs. Eh, otros partidos interesantes se eh, encuentran el San Francisco ante Green Bay y el domingo por la noche Pittsburgh ante Denver. Recordamos que se enfrentaron eh, se enfrentaron en Mile High también, se enfrentarán en Mile High este domingo también. Este, la temporada pasada en, en playoffs en el juego de wildcard los Broncos vencieron en, en tiempo extra a Pittsburgh en un tremendo increíble partido veremos si este domingo también es tan interesante como el juego de playoffs que brindaron a principio de año y el, el lunes tenemos dos juegos de Monday Night uno Cincinnati contra Baltimore y el otro entre San Diego y Oakland so that's it for tonight's show remember to listen to Capos players next week as well Uh, or on our new schedule, the fall season schedule, which is on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You can follow us on Twitter, Capos Players, or log on to our webpage, caposplayers.com. I'm your host, Hugh.